Let us pray. Gracious loving God, we give you thanks. We give you thanks for this chance to come before you. We give you thanks for the gift of your word. Loving God, guide us that we may truly um, hear you um, and share you with others. In Jesus' most holy name we pray. Amen. Good evening, friends, and welcome to another edition of Scripture Talk. I made it back um, mm-hmm. from the wild and woolly world of Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah. Um, what was supposed to be a four-hour, five-hour travel adventure turned into a 12-hour travel adventure um, that involved three airports um, and an Uber across Dallas um, to rescue my truck because I landed in one airport and my truck was in another. Uh, So I had fun. Um, So let me guess, they took you over to... um so I uh, missed Dallas my love field. Yeah, they did. So I missed my first flight because of an issue related to a ride sharing company called Turo uh, or car sharing company that called Turo that who I rented my car through that pickup got screwed up. And so then I had to get on another flight to Dallas and to, to, to get to love field was 75 bucks to get to DFW. It was 400 bucks. Yeah. I picked love field and then I got a $45 Uber. Um, across Dallas, 20 miles across Dallas, um, to DFW, um, and then I drove home. And I made it home from DFW in an hour and 40 minutes. I have a gift. I don't know. I'm still trying to figure that out. <laughs> so did you, did you get, while you were done, or did you get a chance to get to little five points? So I um, ordered DoorDash from Vortex. I had food from Little Five. I did not go into Little Five. I was—I mean, I was there. Like this was not a vacation. I was um, working a wedding. Um, this time I was the photographer, not the preacher. But I was working a wedding, and so that kind of is a black hole of time. But the the first night I didn't have to go to the rehearsal dinner, um, and so after I did my client meeting of like, hi, what photos do you want for your wedding? Um, I did get uh, a Vortex, which is this amazing Vortex. burger place. I had a yes. fat Elvis. Uh, which is my preferred it Ooh, is yes, yes. yes. it is ham- we're gonna get to the show i promise um the show has technically started uh, <laughs> it is a burger uh, with bacon and fried bananas and oh, yeah. peanut butter oh my on gosh. the hamburger yes. it is oh, yes. it Sounds is good. amazing wow. uh, shout out to lo-fi so if you're ever in atlanta also vortex it was uh, uh the one of the inspirations for man versus food so the guy that did man versus food is an Emory alumni. And so he spent four years in Atlanta studying at Emory. And Vortex has uh, the quadruple bypass burger yes. um, that I have done. I have completed the, the quadruple bypass. And so one of the first, one of the pilot episodes of Man vs. Food is the Vortex, um, is the quadruple bypass. Anyways, uh, we are not here to do travel show um, or movie pod. Uh, this is scripture talk where we talk about scripture. Shout out to Vortex. Though. I am uh, Pastor Trey Comstock. With me as ever. Sister Brandy Dead. Pastor Scott Ketchup. And on the ones and twos. Brother Stacy Tyler. Uh, and our scripture this evening, uh, we're jumping testaments. Uh, we did dun, two weeks. We did dun. two weeks in the two weeks in the Old Testament, Esther uh-huh. and then Job. Uh-huh. Um, and then uh, this week we are uh, jumping to one of those scriptures that everyone knows is out there. Um, and it's a real test of courage. Um, this is a great sermon that it's a test of courage for a preaching team. Uh, we are doing uh, Mark chapter 10, uh, verses 17 through 31. It is the parable of the rich young man. Um, As he was sit- setting out on a journey, a man ran up to him and knelt down before him and asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but God alone. 
You know the commandments. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. You shall not defraud. Honor your father and mother. He said to him, Teacher, I have kept all these since my youth. Jesus looked at him. Excuse me. Jesus looked at him, loved him, and said, You lack one thing. Go, sell what you own, and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. When he heard this, he was shocked and went away grieving, for he had many possessions. Then Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard it will be for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples were perplexed at these words. But Jesus said to them again, Children, how hard is it to enter the kingdom of God? It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. They were greatly astounded and said to one another, Then who can be saved? Good question. That's a really good question. <laughs> really good question. <laughs> Jesus looked at them and said, For mortals it is impossible, but not for God. For God all things are possible. Peter began to say to him, Look, we have left everything and followed you. Jesus said, Truly I tell you, there is no one who has left house or brother or sister or mother or father or children or fields for my sake and for the sake of the good news who will not receive a hundredfold in the in this age. House, excuse me. Will not receive a hundredfold now in this age, houses, brothers, sisters, mothers, and children, and fields with persecutions, and in the age to come, eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and the last will be first. So, there's some interesting things that's uh, fun about this verse. Um, one, obviously, the whole fact that the guy has a lot of money and doesn't want to go against it. Uh, Jesus doesn't deny that he's kept all those other things. And Jesus doesn't hate him. No, no, no right? he doesn't. Now, it starts off, what's interesting is I was kind of uh, you know reading some things, uh, he refers, I've always wondered, he refers to him as good teacher. Well, it turns out that, you know, that was an unusual thing. Yeah. You know, they didn't run around calling uh, rabbis extra good because that was implying sinlessness. And, and so it was kind of a hinting at an almost understanding of who Jesus really is, which yeah. is then makes, why are you calling me good? It's kind of like he's trying to get him feel to think him about yeah, yeah. it. Yeah. Fill him out. What's, you know, what are you trying to say? And but but it gets lost in this uh, other aspect of it. And you know, this whole idea: why is it so hard for someone with lots of money to get into heaven? And you know, it's it's kind of like because they're able to take care of so much on their yeah. own, they they miss the need that they have. And it 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 is, do they become they have more to lose. Right. Yeah. Um, there is an essence of um, when you have nothing and someone says you says leave everything and follow me. You go great. That's <laughs> fine. Yeah. I didn't have anything anyways. Right. The, the the line from Heat: Never get into something you can't walk away from in thirty seconds or less. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I, you know, you, you when you have nothing, um, it's really easy to just drop everything and go. Um, it is much harder when. You know when that when losing that is when you when you when losing that is something is a, is losing a great amount right you feel that loss right um, there was an interview with Norm Macdonald um, that mm-hmm. came out that, that was a guy had so Norm Macdonald comedian also famous gambler God loved yeah loved yeah. loved the gamble um, and. Uh, 
he would he would lose a lot of money gambling. He'd also win a lot of money sometimes, but he'd lose a lot of money gambling. Um, and people would be like, "Ah, oh, yeah, but for you, losing ten thousand bucks is nothing." And he would go, "No, you never you never get used to losing ten thousand dollars, right? Because when even when you you have it, you know it's worth, and you know what you're losing, right?" Um, and so I think that I think that's I think Scott, you had on something really cogent. That part of it is, well, they think they they are more likely to believe in the myth that they can do it on their own. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but that other part of it is. Then also, they um, it's they they have they ha- they have something to lose, yeah. um, and so it becomes much harder to live your life like you've got nothing to lose because they feel like this this rich young guy has feels like he's got something to lose. And then I've also heard it described that they have their heaven already on earth with all the riches that they have. I mean. I don't know what, what y'all's take on that is, but it's like they don't want to give that up. I don't know that many happy rich people, mm-hmm. right? Like I, I, I think that the the I I I know some folks who are um, have a lot of money and have figured it out, um, and a lot of it is people who give a lot of that money away, um, or who have found purpose, um, or who use that money for good. I know a lot of really miserable rich people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I grew up with a lot of really miserable rich people, and I have, I have, really kind of run a strange gamut of this world, right? I've I've chilled with a lot of some of the poorest people on earth, um, and I grew up in suburban North Houston in the woodlands, and I grew up with some very rich people. I myself am not a rich person. I'm dressed for a funeral today. This is not my normal outfit. I'm still the same <laughs> schmuck. It just you know, for funerals you dress up. Um, I, so maybe, but even then I, a lot of people aren't able to appreciate it. Either it's because they have people who are even richer than them, who they keep looking, uh, I have this, but I don't have that much. That's, that, that's the other thing. Like you ask someone in the woodlands, are you rich? We would say, yes, yes, you are. They would say, no, we're middle class. Oh, right. They all yeah. think they're middle class. So. And me growing up the same way, I mean, I've, I've I've dined with kings yeah, and I eat in dumpsters, you know, like literally. And and no matter what scale of of money you have, you always have a new set of problems. I think it was a puff daddy that once said, "More money, more money, more problems." Oh, mm-hmm. Exactly. Whoever and said it, it's real wisdom. It's real wisdom. Yeah. That's but, according but, to him, huh? Yep. More money, more problems. More money, more problems. But you know, it it, it does it. You each. You might okay. I I wake up. I don't have to worry about eating, you know, because I always have food. My light bill is paid, whatever. But there's always a different set of problems going on. Nothing ever like I've never known anything that solved every single problem except for maybe God. Right, but I think that's that's part of the point here, right? right. That Jesus' challenge to this young man is be willing to be wholly reliant on God. Uh-huh. Because Jesus steps this out of love, right? There is yeah. this, before Jesus hits this guy hard, Mark, who never includes any details, Mark, famously taciturn, says, Jesus loved, loved him, him, right? Um, and then says this, that it is fully rely on God That's right. and use what you have to provide for others. Mm-hmm. And that, and, and he couldn't do it. Yeah, what, what he's... Uh getting at you know and oftentimes people look at this and and, and they think about money being evil money's not evil no, it, it no says the, the love of, love of, love of, of money, money is, is a root of all, of all sorts of 
types of evil. Exactly. And so what he's hitting at here is the priority of his heart. Yeah. Because he sees that he wants to be there and he is so close. This is why he loves him. That's yeah. why he, I mean, he's, he's calling him good teacher. Yeah. You know, you say, so and he's actually kept that? the commandments, right? Yeah. Like he's actually like here he, is a, a truly he's good, a good shape. godly man. He's yeah, a good shape in his G- spirit. But yeah. he's trying to but save not, the not, money. Not yet. Not yet. Uh, but Jesus pulls a, a curly from, uh, you know, uh, oh, I just went three shooters. No, no, no. The uh, oh. oh man, I just went blank on the movie with uh, Billy Crystal, the Western. Oh, oh, oh. City Slickers. Uh, City, City Slickers. Slickers. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just one thing. Yeah. He did that one thing that he's uh, missing, and that was giving it all to God. Right. See, the, the thing is, we tend to think, oh, it's because he's a rich man, and, and, and Jesus focuses on that because that's the issue. But how often does that not come up for all of us, that there's a point where we have to face that one thing well, that we let go of? And I, and I also, this is where we all need to keep our lives in perspective. Yeah. Right? Um, where... Several hundred million people live on a dollar a day, uh-huh. right? So compared to that, compared to what is a global standard for poverty, which is people who live on a dollar a day um, for like true deadly poverty and starvation, all of us are rich. This is one of the things we, we had to take new folks um, to our village in Kenya as new volunteers would arrive um, from whatever working class or middle class background back in the States, college students, whatever. We'd have to take them on a journey that to understand that compared to the folks we were living alongside in the village, any of us who came from Europe and the United States are rich compared to a global standard for poverty that we have... Um, all of us on this call, all of us on this pod, um, have homes with air conditioning. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's like an incredible luxury for more than 50% of the world. Even the 50% who live in hot climates, right? They don't have air conditioning. Um, that the, that the Texas building code means you have to have air conditioning, essentially. Um, we don't have that, right? Um, for m- hundreds of millions of people every day, um, there's no food on their table. Most of the people on this call, not everybody maybe, but most of the people live, certainly everyone in this room and and everyone, most of the folks joining in, um, most of the time eat food. Um, It's, is it the, or could afford food, maybe it's not the food they want, but they could afford food. For a lot of folks in the world, they can't. Um, And so there is an interesting frame that for those folks who live a working class life, they here in the United States, they often hear this and go, yeah, those rich people need to do a heck of a lot more. Yeah, man, get them, get them, get them, Jesus. I've been on about this. Okay. Yeah. So like, I agree. And that is going to be part of the frame for the sermon. Absolutely. Um, But what are you doing for those who are less fortunate than you? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I can, I can tell you this. A problem I would have, and this is a reason why I'd never want to be rich, I'd never want to win the lottery or anything, because, and I've joked with all, probably all of you with this before, is I could not ever do that because I'd, I would die. Well, sure. I'd wrap my die. Ferrari around a tree real fast. Be, yeah, because I'm an addict. Uh, yeah, yes. Uh, and the first thing I would do, I mean, not, probably not the first thing I would do, but eventually I would get bored and be sitting around. And buy a lot of blow. And, and buy a lot of blow, yeah. yeah. Wow. And, and I would overdose and, and I would die. I would wrap my, no, I would 100% wrap my Ferrari around a tree. <laughs> the, the, I mean, there's a reason why God has not blessed me with a Ferrari. Right. Yeah. Um, and it is for my own good. Right. 
Uh, I, I have enough misadventures. I just give it all away. Yeah, I also, yes. Yeah, here. You want something here? <laughs> right. So we have some good comments going in there, even though it took me a minute to get it to catch up to the comments. Uh, uh, Blake is online. He said Shout money. Out to Blake. Hey, Blake. Yeah. Right. Money is like power over some people. Yeah. And That's yeah, it. there is an aspect of that. Yeah. Uh, uh, Joe, uh, piggybacking would say, may not be the food you want, but it's the food you need. Well, right. Exactly. So, I like uh, that. So you can feed a human. <laughs> I, maybe I've said this on this show. This is one of my fun, this is a public health fun fact, um, that you can feed a human on 39 cents a day enough calories to work, to work a working class manual labor job if all you eat are beans and bananas. Mm-hmm. You can get enough nutrition, healthy nutrition, that's not going to kill you in the long run, um, on 39 cents a day. You just have to really like beans and bananas. Um, and this is why like a lot of like hunger stuff is really is about supply chain and not about enough food. There's enough food on this right. planet to feed everybody. Um, it's just not Getting evenly distributed and a lot of us are idiots um, and would be better off with a lot more beans and bananas. So I, I want to jump to the second paragraph of this. Still on the same topic. Yes. Just this image of the eye of the needle and a camel. That is not... There is a gate in Jerusalem <laughs> called the Eye of the Needle. Um, and so it is a kenning a camel. It is something that is extremely hard, not something that is physically it's impossible. impossible. Right. Yes. Um, so, but there, this is... I don't want to water down this text. Right. Um, because, G, because Peter tries to do that. Right, Peter comes along and says, "Yeah, we did all that." And he's like, "Okay, yeah, Peter, if you really do it, you will get your reward. Not necessarily in this life; cause it's going to come with a lot of pain, but in the life to come, <laughs> along with the suffering. Along with the suffering. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're going to get brothers and sisters because the movement's going to grow, and 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 in the church, you're going to have houses, you're going to have a place to live, and you're going to have brothers and sisters in abundance and persecutions. That's right. Um, again, Mark includes no, never includes details. So when Mark includes a detail. It's Pay attention. Um, and then, um, and the first will be last and the last will be first. Mm-hmm. But not in, not again, in some ways, a lot of what this series is about is about stepping up for God and about um, God's standards versus earthly standards, right? Um, and so it is not literally that like the poor are now going to get like the riches. It is that we have this, that if we are relying on God, we're going to be okay. Right, because that's what Jesus is saying. Right, you, you rely, you really do this. You really step up. You really make that step out in faith. Uh, you really pass this test. And yeah, you're going to have what you need. You're going to have it in abundance. Um, for the last, will be first, and the first will be last. Um, but like, not the way you think. Right. Yeah, and uh, you know, Jesus is not a Robin Hood figure, right? You know, taking from the rich, giving to the poor. However, mm-hmm. this is a difficult portion of Scripture for those that are dead set on the prosperity gospel and yeah. the way it's usually presented uh-huh. uh especially here in the united states you know we've always joked prosperity gospel doesn't preach real strong in third world countries no you can't mean uh, oh no it does gangbusters oh no it, it, does. it does it no it does but, gangbusters but they don't oh. see it fulfilled as much i mean they see it fulfilled in the life of the pastor <laughs> for real his pastor, right like i mean his you know. get fat <laughs> right so i mean that's what the the like my real challenge with the prosperity gospel is if it was a bunch of rich people just sitting around and talking about how great it is to be rich, I really wouldn't care, right? That is often just called most, most churches. churches. <laughs> um, but that prosperity gospel like, tells poor folk that the financial blessing is there, that that's what this is about, and then takes money from these folks yeah. and doesn't use it. Like We take money from poor folk. Every Sunday, right? People who don't have a ton of money lay money in that offering plate. 
right? Okay, okay, but yeah, but you don't. But no, no, but but there's a difference, right? There's a difference there, um, which is what I'm going with yeah. is, um, and then. But we don't make the pitch that this is going to somehow, you know, solve their financial problem. That's what I was going to get to. And yeah. I still don't have that jet I've been talking about. <laughs> I still don't have that jet nor that Mercedes. I still have my same, you know, seven-year-old truck with 217,000 miles that does make it down I-45 quick enough for me. And I still have to shop at the same <laughs> Walmart with the rest of the centers and then, yeah. Yeah, but like oh. I said... I flew coach, man. Yeah. If I had a if I had my G650, this travel problem would not have happened. I would not have been late to my small group if I had had my... <laughs> this is why I need my G650. But most of these preachers will use that prosperity and tell people, if you send me $1,000, you will be blessed with all types of stuff. Yeah. And folks will fall for right. that. Yeah. And, and that's where it gets off. I mean, God wants to bless us. God yes. desires to bless us. And does. And uh, often Richly. does. De- most definitely does. And scripture does say to test him with your tithe. Right. But it also doesn't say that it's a formula to force God's hand to do certain uh-huh. things. And God's still sovereign over how he blesses. And a lot of times the blessing is in different ways than what we're expecting. It is in, it is in what where the last paragraph of this thing goes, yeah. where you're going to have this community that's going to provide for you, mm-hmm. right? And and suffering in the midst of it, but you're going to have this community that's going to provide for you. But it, it is about being willing to be fully reliant on God. Um, and it is about... <laughs> thanks, Joe. Um, and it is about it is about being fully reliant on God, and then you will be ble- richly blessed in abundance. But it's not necessarily going to be... It most likely ain't going to be yo G650. You're rolling up in your G Wagen uh, to your, uh, you know, your Gulfstream G650, right? Yeah. All the G's. Yeah. Nothing but a G thing. <laughs> rolling down the street in your 64, sipping on gin and G's. Oh, right. boy. Exactly. On your money and your money on your mind. Mm-hmm. Right. 20 inch blades on the Impala. Oh, yeah. Right. We got a lot. I got. <laughs> Who was that? Snoop? Look, I got rap. I got. We got. That was, rap. Little, that was little Troy. Oh, we, that's right. We got, we got rap lyrics on the joys of being rich for days. Right. But the, but like fine rapper rap about it you cool like that's the gig right you're yeah. a rapper that's the gig you're a pastor that's not the gig uh-huh. no because it, it's about the priority always being on Christ first yeah. and I mean it's that whole seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness that's you right know, yeah. all and these things will be added, added to you, to you. after right. that yeah. and so you know the reason we do the offering is because it's an opportunity for people to get back to God to be a part of the blessing, yes. but it isn't like, oh, hey, if you give X amount of dollars, then it's going to automatically I mean, be ten times. I mean, that's a hell of a fundraising strategy. Well, oh yeah, right. Oh, yeah, like yeah, yeah. you want to ma- you want to make some money in ministry, just be dishonest, and yeah. the money rolls yeah. in. Yeah. Also, you know, here's what gets to me too. We always equate blessings with money. I mean. And, we shouldn't. And yeah, but I mean, most of the time, people when you first when people first think of oh blessing, I get blessings. It's money wise. They don't stop and go. Maybe your health wise, or maybe uh, the community that God's community built around you, right? Yeah, exactly. Which is the real blessing? Friendship, yeah, right? That's which the real blessing? The community. And so, the, <laughs> this scripture. Some of the Hebrew word has a blessing also translates yeah, as fat. Well, then I'm blessed for real. Though. Look at so. all this fat that's on there. Oh, yeah. Yes. I'm blessed by I am blessed and highly favored. Roll over. Mm-hmm. Well, it's in yeah, relation buddy. to the offering and all of that. But, yes, I've always found it amusing. Some people are making a lot of offerings. Right? Oh, stop. Yeah. 
What well, I'm on top of the game, then I can offer everything. <laughs> <laughs> so why don't we do this? Why don't we do it? We know what the scripture is. Mm-hmm. We say we follow scripture. Uh-huh. I got a lot of biblical literalists who are really rich. Right? Uh-huh. Like, you know, I we can argue about gen- the literal nature of Genesis all day long. Jesus means this literally. Mm-hmm. Right? Jesus is not, this is not in any way spiritualized. This is the spiritual connection to towards your money um, and your spiritual health. So why is that? Why are, why is not just our church struggling financially, which is a perpetual problem? Why is the capital C church broke? Hmm. Why? Well, why? You, you kind of answered that the, uh, uh, earlier the, when we were talking about the the rich young ruler yeah. looks at stuff and then realizes that he has things to lose. Yeah, yeah. And regardless of how much we have, uh, especially here in the states, we are all blessed. And we have things to lose. Oftentimes, it could be uh, status in mm-hmm. the community. It could be your particular pew in the uh, the church. Uh, go ahead, Sister Brandon. You point me, your finger at me. Wait like, a minute. Oh. This reminds me of uh, uh, something that one of my pastor friends told me the other day. He was telling me about uh, the woman that was had a, a walker and she was, yeah, yeah. you know, crippled all that. And the pastor said, do you want to be healed and everything? And she's like, no, I don't want to. He said, why? Because you're messing with my check. I, I had a similar situation when I was in a college. It was an individual I helped who was blind. I'd help him go get his, drive him to get his groceries and stuff. And there was just one day that, uh, man, God just got all over me to offer to pray for him. And I, I, I was one of those times that I was like, oh, my gosh, God's really about to heal this guy. And I offered, you know, asked, hey, you want me to pray for you? I really feel God wants to heal you. Same situation. He said no. And it really, it had me confused. And, yeah. and now I realize it was for me to learn something through the process because I, I had a lot of questions that I took to the pastors and uh, learned some things in that. But, yeah, you're right. It's it's crazy. I you mean, you look at there's scriptural, there's scriptural <laughs> references of it. The man that got, the, the lady who was healed of the demons yeah. and messed with the guy's paycheck. That's and he right. was all kind of mad. Yeah. But so we, we, we know what we're supposed to do, right? And this is why, so one of the reasons I'm spoiling the opener of Sunday Sermon, but like, um, this is one of the things why people hate sermons on giving is because everyone in that, just about everyone in that pew knows they're not doing it. Mm. No, like we know what the standard is, it's 10%, right? We know what it is. Um, the major, the average prior prior to the pandemic years ago, the last number I saw is that um, the average giving among Christians is two point three percent of their income. So, and that is there is a very small group of people who are giving ten percent, um, and so they cover the folks who are not even giving the two point three percent. Right, drag up the average. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, as you're talking to people in the pew, they're already on the defensive because they know they ain't doing it. They know they ain't doing it. We all know they ain't doing it. Right. This is one of those. This is in some ways this is similar to that conversation about evangelism that we often have. Right. We know exactly that everyone's responsibility is evangelism. When's the last time? Right. right. When's the last time? I mean, I, I mean, us on this call are probably, you know, uh, three of us employed as ministers. Right. Like this is I talk about Jesus plenty. Yeah. Yep. Um, right. But like the like like the church, we talk about the church dying. Right. Church isn't dying. Church can't. Um, but aspects outposts of the church can die and why it's dying it's not about money and it's not about evangelism 
it's a it's a spiritual problem. Uh-huh. It's not a financial problem. Mm-hmm. A financial crisis in the church is not a financial crisis. It's a spiritual crisis. Yeah, I mean, you can even look look inside the second probably uh, most powerful entity next to God and himself is the IRS. <laughs> and people, I mean, they know they're supposed to pay their taxes. They yeah, but, but the IRS can pay their taxes and still people don't. Yeah, right, taxes. but the IRS is an enforcement mechanism that I don't have, right? Um, I, you know, I can't call the marshals on you, right? And I don't want to. Um, Al Capone didn't get away with that. That's right. <laughs> but what, what, what I'm trying to say is, like, you know, even when people are for, I mean, you, you like you said, you have that mechanism in there that, that you can't get around it. Yet, yet people like, I'm not going to name names, but, you know, people get still get around it and they still don't do it. So but so why so here shock, it doesn't but, shock me no it doesn't it, does, it but it it should just dis- a it should disappoint us profoundly no yes, yes. and yes, we yes. should be yes. disappointed with ourselves and people are like oh no don't you know I don't want to talk about money well Jesus talks about money um so yeah we A lot, do actually. and uh Jesus believes that the body of Christ needs money um, uh, by the way, so do all of the people we owe money to. So does the power company and yeah. our mortgage holder um, and, you know, the opportunities for ministry. And so when we get to this place where we start to talk about, and I don't mean just our church because we get really creative, but this is about people giving to our church. Um, we, it's a spiritual crisis. Mm-hmm. It is not a financial one. And if we have a financial struggle, it is a spiritual struggle that we are having because people are not, we as a people are not being sufficiently reliant on God and sufficiently joyous, joyously returning what God has given to us. We are we are the rich young ruler. Yep. And trust me, I, I mean, I dude, every time the bucket comes by on Sunday morning, I hang my head in shame because I'm like, I don't have it to give. I really don't. I mean, I barely have a pot to piss in. Right. Know. But but that even that excuse only runs so far. We all have something. Right. The none of us yeah, might. None of us here are living on a dollar a day. None of us are. Right. Not, not, there's not a person in our church living on a dollar a day. Sure. There's probably not even a person in this community living on a dollar a day. And so by the standards of some places in the world, we're all rich. Uh-huh. Right? But we all know, and thus we all know what it is that we have to lose. Right? And so this is, uh, th- it is interesting we like again as I've said like we love poor folk working class folk love this sermon, right? Because let's let's get the rich people, let's get them, let's get them. <laughs> but what happens when you define rich on a global scale? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's all of us. Um, even when I was like living out of a backpack, um, it was all of us. Um, you're right. You're so right. why don't you know? I I I don't have I or rather I have a thousand answers right of why don't we do it, but. I want to frame this conversation around money as a spiritual thing. Because it's a spiritual thing here for the rich young ruler, right? It's about spirit. It's not about money itself. Money itself is just a tool. It's just a chainsaw. It's just a hammer, right? And money's a tool. Money's a possession. Money's a tool. Uh, money is neither good nor evil. What you do with it is either good or evil. And your feelings towards it are either good or evil. But if we're not willing to give it to God, then what does that mean about our spiritual connection to God? Mm. Then we're not willing to fully rely on Ah. Not willing to do it. Right. And that's a faith thing. Yeah. 
That's a faith thing. It's not about like, oh, I don't have that much money. Do you have some money? Well, yeah. Okay. Well, we could use every bit, <laughs> right? And, 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 and so there's a standard. It's 10%, right? Um, and we financially help. I always talk about we don't cut off benevolence. We financially help folks who are struggling and we're never going to stop. Um, I'll spend our last dollar uh, helping someone who's struggling, right? This is not about projects G650 as much as I would have mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. loved a private jet yesterday. <laughs> I'm never getting a private jet. I'm not that guy. I was in cattle class. It's fine. I just I really had a really bad travel day. Um, there's a good comment in the chat and then we'll uh, end the show. Um, I noticed something when I got the same paycheck, um, bought the same things. When I tithe, I would always have money to last the month. When I didn't, it would be a hard month and and not last the month. Yeah, it is interesting, right? When all of your priorities are in line, it's remarkable what happens. And 10% in the grand scheme of things, you still have 90. <laughs> you still have 90 for all the things you need. And and then it becomes a conversation about defining needs, defining reliance on God, uh, defining what's important. Um, and we talk a really good game about being blessed, right? But are we acting it? Because acting blessed means returning a portion of that back unto God for the building of God's kingdom. Um, you want to disagree with me? Fine. Come into the comments like I'm here. Right? Like, you want to get defensive? Like, fine. I do not live Come up. On. I don't, I don't live up to the standard either. Right? Like, I, 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 I'm as much a sinner in this regard. And certainly, you know, I've, got, I've grown, but I used to be far worse. Um, you know, I give a heck of a lot more away than I used to. Um, and it, because I used to have that excuse of like, I ain't got jack squat. So I gave up my time and that's certainly part of it. Um, but this is about giving back to God the thing that's hardest to give. Uh-huh. Um, and for a lot of folks, particularly in the West, that's money. So come at me in the comments. Like I'll gladly, I'll gladly read and respond to them on the show next no week. Doubt. Like I'll do it. Like come at me. We got you. Um, because I like you can like like what I say or not. You can be comfortable with what I'm saying or not, but I'm not wrong. <laughs> um, so yeah, you can post in the comments here on Facebook. You can post on YouTube. Uh, that's always fun. Uh, you yeah. can uh, post a comment on our website, uh, palestinegrace.com slash videos. You can email us, uh, gracechurchpalestine at uh, gmail.com. We will be back next week uh, for another fun-filled edition of this show, uh, live Monday night at 6 p.m. If you're looking for an audio-only version of this show, uh, just search Scripture Talk by Grace Church in your pod catcher of choice. Also remember, fear not. Stay well. God is with us. G unit Project G six fifty.